0: The Catholic Foodie with Jeff Young, and if you're lucky, his wife Char. And
1: this is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you're listening to episode 99 of the Catholic Foodie, just in the nick of time. Welcome, folks, to the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. I'm your host, Jeff Young, and today we're going to talk about St. Nick. That's right, today is December 5th, and tomorrow, tomorrow is St. Nicholas' Feast Day, Very excited about that. And it's a big deal in a lot of places in the world. Uh, Here in the States, we don't make that much of a big deal about it, but we should. We absolutely should. I've got a recipe for you today. I can't wait to share that with you. It's a puree of pumpkin soup with kale and Italian sausage. And we're going to talk about Advent and living liturgically. So stick around right here, folks, at the Catholic Foodie. You know the place. It's where food meets faith. We got some good stuff today, some good goodies, and we're going to start off with a little aperitif here. The aperitif today is not going to be a cocktail, although I am sipping on a little Pinot Grigio right now. I figured that'd be a nice thing here in the evening. Um, We're going to start off with a little feedback. That's going to be our aperitif today. So first, we have a call that came in to us from Mary Ward. So let's uh, have a listen to what Mary had to say.
0: Hi Jeff, this is Mary Ward calling from Weehawken, New Jersey, overlooking Manhattan and the beautiful Hudson River. Um, I'm calling again on the same day because I finally finished uh, listening to your podcast. I can't remember the name of it, but it's about it's about all souls day and uh, the Goddess Restaurant and so on. And at the end of your podcast, you were speaking about hope, and I wanted to tell you about. Um, a new order that is being formed in Texas by a a woman named... uh, She's going to be tomorrow, taking her simple vows. Uh, Her name will be Sister Susan Catherine. And the name of the order is The Daughters of Divine Hope. It's a very special order, uh, unique in some ways, but not totally unique from the history of the Church, I understand. Uh, And it's... uh, that they they uh, do accept women that are older uh, rather than um, you know over thirty five which usually is usually the cutoff I think but I would like you to keep them in your prayers keep her in your prayers um, The Bishop of Tyler is is very much behind this and um, I think it'll be a wonderful thing for the church the daughters of Hope dot com is their website and there's a blog and uh, go on there and her and give her some feedback if you feel so inclined. thanks so much
1: jeff god bless you bye thank you so much mary i appreciate that and the music you hear right now in the background comes from their website it's actually daughters of so it's dot daughters of divine hope and i'm uh, checking this out right now christus spes nostra christ our hope is what it has there on that entrance uh their entrance page with that very cool Gregorian chant. Uh very, uh very nice. Thank you so much for letting me know about this. I mean hope is such a an important thing. Matter of fact, Pope John Paul II is oftentimes referred to as the Pope of Hope. He talked about hope quite a bit, and hope is one of those virtues, one of those Christian virtues that we need so much, especially today. Cause I think that uh today's challenging. Today is very challenging, uh, challenging for families, challenging uh, for anyone trying to live the faith. And we need the virtue of hope. And uh, that's what I I look for. I pray for, for myself. Uh, I ask the holy souls in purgatory to pray for me that I might have the virtue of hope because hope will give us a strength to help us hang on. And, uh, you know, oftentimes that virtue of hope is associated with an anchor, the symbol of an anchor. And uh, I certainly, in my life, need the Anchor of Hope. And uh, thank you very much for passing this on to us, daughtersofhope.org. If you are looking for uh, possibly a religious vocation, you can go check out the Daughters of Divine Hope. Excuse me. But even if you're not, go check out what they're doing. They've got some good stuff over here. They've got uh, prayer requests they take, uh, Litany of Hope. Uh, They've got some information there on the virtue of hope so you may want to go check out daughters of divine hope.org. and we also got a message uh, from some voice feedback from our good friend daniel let me pull this up where did i put that he called in is this the one hi jeff this
0: is uh dan from chicago uh, I'm, I'm calling you from on between so i apologize for back a noise um I just wanted to let you know I finished listening to Kathy Footy uh number ninety seven. Uh and I uh had the opportunity to uh try that that uh French wine uh, uh last night uh for dinner and uh, and it uh, it was uh, pretty good. Uh so uh, I'd just like to thank you for that presentation and uh I uh look forward to uh what he had to say about um, the season of uh, and the feeling for so, uh, so uh, keep, keep, keep the great
1: work and we'll see you later take care of thank you so much Daniel for uh, for calling in, That he was talking about Beaujolais Nouveau, there was a little static there on the line but Beaujolais Nouveau just uh, what, last episode we talked about Beaujolais and the fact that it's released only one time a year, right, one time a year the third Thursday is that right the third thursday in november no that can't be right i i need to check that date again but anyway it may be the third thursday anyway it is released um in november every year in france and of course it's it's shipped all over the world but anyone who uh who who uh, buys the wine and wants to distribute that wine they have to agree not to release it until after midnight on this particular night anyway um, we went to a Beaujolais Nouveau party at my, uh, my in-law's house a couple of weeks ago, and I talked about Beaujolais on the show and I got this, uh, t- um uh, was it a tweet? I guess I got a tweet from Daniel saying that he was going to try that. They had gotten a bottle and he was going to try it with dinner one night. This was a couple of weeks ago and, and he did, and he said he liked it. So thank you so much, Daniel, for calling in. I appreciate that. And if you want to know more about Daniel and all the, the really cool things that he does, You need to check out Special Chronicles Podcast, and you're going to find that at specialchronicles.com. Daniel's got a lot of good things going on. Matter of fact, he's on Facebook. You can find him at facebook.com slash podcast. So go give him a listen, and uh, Daniel, thank you again. I'd
0: like the chef salad, please, with the oil and vinegar on the side and the apple pie a la mode. Chef and apple a la mode. But I'd like the pie heated, and I don't want the ice cream on top. I want it on the side, and I'd like strawberry instead of vanilla if you have it. If not, then no ice cream, just whipped cream, but only if it's real. If it's out of a can, then nothing. Not even the pie? No, just the pie, but then not heated. Uh Uh-huh. I'll have what she's having.
1: Well, you know, if you've been listening for a while, you know that one of my favorite restaurants in the whole world is Del Porto in uh, Covington, Louisiana, just right down the road from us, uh, Del Porto Ristorante Del Porto, and it's just uh, it's just it's wonderful. It's a great place, great place, great chefs, great food, uh, wonderful environment, atmosphere is fantastic, and we just love to go there. It's really really good, and uh, also we have a tradition on Saturdays. Saturday morning we go to mass. Uh, At our local parish in the morning, we go to 830 Mass. And after that, we go to the Farmer's Market, which is just in downtown Covington, just, you know, a few blocks away from the church. Really cool how everything is so close right here. And uh, at the Farmer's Market, we've, I mean, it's just, you've got fresh produce. You've got um, uh, free-range chicken. I mean, you've got so many things that are available right there at the Farmer's Market. Fresh stuff. And the, the, the chefs there at Del Porto, what they do, and I love this, Talk about great for a restaurant right a local restaurant they go to the farmers' market and they buy their produce and they use the fresh local produce for their uh their their ingredients for you know it, it it's great to keep everything local it's all fresh, it's all healthy it's all just really good stuff and a couple of weeks ago every week at the farmer's market, what they do is they feature a chef somebody comes out or a different restaurant or whatever will come out and they'll prepare a dish, just one dish, a little something for uh, for everybody to taste. And uh, the chefs over at Del Porto, who I interviewed, by the way, uh, I can't remember now what episode that was, just a few episodes back. Happy Chefs is the title of that episode. You can find it over at CatholicFoodie.com. Just search for Happy Chefs or over on iTunes. And uh, I, I had them right here, um, Tori and David Salasso. They were on the show. And anyway, the whole point, and I'm losing my, my train of thought here, but they were the featured chefs at at the farmer's market just a few weeks back, and they made this puree of pumpkin with local kale and Italian sausage soup. Oh, my goodness. I tell you what, it was freezing. I mean, this is, you know, South Louisiana, but it was freezing. It's a few weeks back, freezing out here, and here they come with this, this soup. It was just this hot soup. I can't, it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. And the cool thing too, not to, it was just, it was cool enough just to be able to have some of their soup. Here they are at farmer's market morning on a Saturday, restaurant's not open, you know? And here they are just, just bringing some of their delicious goodies right here for everybody to have. And, uh, and we had a, a little bowl of that soup. And what was cool beyond that is, is, um, they brought the recipe. They gave the recipe out. So, I was excited. I was very excited. we really, really wanted to to try this at home and uh so after Thanksgiving over the weekend, char and I uh wait, well, it really was char. she's the one that did it. I just kind of sat back and applauded, and you know rooted for her. go girl, go ahead, go on, you can do it all right and uh what what happened was well, she made this soup now of course we hit, we adapted it just a little bit because uh they actually made their Italian sausage from scratch. they did that from scratch we Did not. Matter of fact, we tried to find a loose Italian sausage that we normally buy that were out. We couldn't get any, so we had to kind of improvise. We had to get some different stuff. Anyway, long and short of it is this is an adaptation of the recipe that we got at the farmer's market, but I love it. This is good stuff, folks. Good stuff. So let me just tell you a little bit about this puree of pumpkin with local kale and Italian sausage soup. This recipe, recipe, by the way, I did put into the newsletter, the Catholic Foodie newsletter that just went out this past week. If you haven't signed up yet for that newsletter, go to catholicfoodie.com slash newsletter and you can sign up right there. All right, two medium yellow onions diced, four ribs of celery diced, a medium, one medium pumpkin, cleaned, peeled, cut into two to three inch pieces. Now, I have to, I have to confess, we did the pumpkin backwards, and I'll tell you about that later. But uh, we had this one medium pumpkin, cleaned, peeled, cut into two to three-inch pieces, two tablespoons of gar- uh, garlic, chopped, a gallon of chicken stock, two and a half pounds of loose Italian sausage, one or two heads of kale, cleaned and chopped into two-inch pieces, salt and pepper to taste, cayenne to taste, and two tablespoons of olive oil. What you're going to do is you're going to sauté the celery and the onions until they're translucent. Add the garlic. Remember, you never want to add the garlic when you're sautéing anything until the end because garlic can burn very easily. So you add the garlic and you add the pumpkin. You sauté that for about five minutes. Now, by the time you add all that, it's going to be all right. That garlic will be okay. Uh, sauté for about five minutes. Uh, you bring it to a boil. Well, you add the chicken stock. I'm sorry. You, you cover the chicken stock. You add it to a, bring it to a boil. Reduce it to a simmer. Season with the salt, the pepper, the cayenne cook it until the pumpkin is soft, and then you puree it with a hand blender, which is called an emulsifier. If you have an emulsifier, you can go ahead and stick it right there in that hot pot with the hot soup, and you can blend that stuff down. If you don't have an emulsifier and you only have a regular blender, uh, you have a Cuisinart, you're okay. If you have a Cuisinart, you can dump the hot soup or ladle the hot soup into the Cuisinart and go ahead and and blend it there if you, or a prep if you um if you have a regular blender you you have to cool the soup before you blend it. Otherwise you're going to mess it up, okay? Regular blender you have to cool it first. But if you have a emulsifier you just stick it right there in the hot soup. As a handheld blender you can do that. Cuisinart can take the heat. You can you can uh put hot soup in a Cuisinart. Um but otherwise it has to be totally cooled. Anyway, once it is blended you return it to the pot. And you add this sausage and kale. Now, here's what you do to prepare the sausage. You're going to take the sausage, loose sausage. All right, so you're going to take that and you're going to prepare like two-inch patties out of the sausage. And you fry them. We want to fry them on high, like high heat, real hard until they're brown on both sides. You don't, you're not trying to cook these things. You're just trying to brown them on both sides. So uh, fry them hard on both sides until so they're brown. Pull them. Throw more on there until you get them all done. Then you're going to chop them into about 1-inch chunks, okay? So I was <clears throat> I was taking those patties and just kind of quarter quartering them really. And then you throw them into the pot. Good stuff. Uh also the kale which you have already chopped, throw that into the pot too. This is some good soup. And I personally, I confess I hate kale. I don't eat kale. Uh but in this soup, it's really good. Really good stuff. So that is the a uh, puree of pumpkin with local kale and Italian sausage soup from uh, Del Porto in Covington, Louisiana, and it's got two huge thumbs up. Before we get into talking about St. Nick and Advent, I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, DivineOffice.org. Uh, you know, I talk about the Liturgy of the Hours and the great work that the folks at DivineOffice.org are doing. I talk about that quite a bit and uh, it's because i'm so excited about it matter of fact uh as we talk about advent in just a few minutes i'm going to refer back to them and 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 into literally the hours really and and living liturgically we're going to talk about what it means to live liturgically and uh as i have said many times before divineoffice.org makes this so accessible today for me and for you and that's why i'm so excited i'm also excited because they have a new promo out here, an audio promo. And I'm going to play that for you right now. The rising morning,
0: praise, rejoice, ye lights of evening find a voice. Alleluia, alleluia. The hymn of praise that is sung through all the ages in the heavenly places, and was brought by the High Priest Christ Jesus into this land of exile has been continued by the Church with constant fidelity over many centuries in a rich variety of forms. Now that form is electronic and freely available on the web in audio and print. This most new presentation of the ever-ancient form of the Liturgy of the Hours is DivineOffice.org
1: DivineOffice.org Ministry joins the ever-ancient and always-new hymn of praise to encourage greater participation in the Hours, both at home and in local parishes, even as it offers an apprenticeship in liturgical prayer to individual and group listeners. We are a virtual community of prayer everywhere everywhere and always. always. DivineOffice.org Awesome. Awesome, awesome. I love it. I love it. So, uh, Dane Faulkner and all the wonderful folks over there at DivineOffice.org doing great work. Uh, And it is for me and you. That's a good thing. It's for me and you. So, if you haven't uh, ever uh, prayed the Liturgy of the Hours or if you've never visited DivineOffice.org, please do so. And uh, and let me know what you think. You can always email me at jeff@catholicfoodie.com, or you can give me a call nine eight five six three five four nine seven four. True love, you heard him. You could not ask for a more noble cause than that, Sally. Yes, True love is
0: the greatest thing in the world. Except for nice MLT, mutton, lettuce, and tomato sandwich, when the mutton is nice and lean and the tomato is ripe. It's so perky.
1: I love that. Well, we are in Advent, folks. Today is actually the second Sunday of Advent. I can't believe it. Time flies Tempus volat. It's unreal how fast time goes. And the thing is, is that as I get older, it goes even more quickly. It seems like things just keep speeding up. It's crazy. Anyway, uh, you know, we are in Advent. And one of the things that I think about during Advent is time. Matter of fact, I did, as I mentioned earlier, I, I released or published a newsletter, uh, the third issue, the Advent issue of the Catholic Foodie Newsletter just the other day and uh, entitled it just in the nick of time and I, I thought about uh, I thought about that I thought about time I'm, I'm thinking of course about uh, Advent and and today is the well not today today's the eve of the feast of Saint Nicholas Saint Nicholas of Myra and we're gonna talk about Saint Nicholas in just a minute but the point is I've been thinking about time a lot and uh, you know, this is a time, this is a time, this is a season, Advent is a season where it really is good for us to kind of st- uh, take a step back to kind of maybe quiet down, slow down, quiet down, to become aware of God, to become aware of uh, how God is calling us, how God is speaking to us, um, because our lives are so busy. And here's the deal. The deal is Advent what we know as Catholics and celebrate as Advent is not known by everybody else out there in the world. Uh, not everybody celebrates Advent. Now we know that they know this time as the Christmas season, right, or the shopping season, or whatever it may be. From it seems to me like from th- from Halloween until <laughs> until uh, Christmas Eve is like the Christmas season is what it seems like, at least in the, in the United States. Everybody is shopping. Everybody's going crazy. Everybody's busy. Of course, Thanksgiving holiday. <clears throat> kids off of school. Excuse me, for, uh, for a second. <clears throat> kids off of school for Thanksgiving, and of course, everybody's you know cooking, having these big dinners, and it starts a, a, a season of eating where we just eat and eat and eat. When you know, and eating's not bad, but you got to do it, I guess, in 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 moderation. You know. Uh. I love to cook, but you can't just eat to yourself silly. You got (laughs) to, but Thanksgiving, we do that. We tend to do that. And, uh, you know, Thanksgiving, of course, leads us into this holiday season. And it's just nonstop. I mean, we went to our first Christmas party the other night and it was wonderful. It was so much fun. It was delightful because good friends of ours, Danny and Christy Burns, they helped us. You may remember a few months back we did a um, we did a show uh it was the i did the show the day after Danny and Christy came to dinner at our house with their beautiful children and it was um the the dinner we did a we did grape leaves i rolled grape leaves and actually we all rolled grape leaves that was part of the fun part of the fun was that Danny and Christy got to sit in with us and we all sat there at the table and, and rolled grape leaves i even shot some video and put that up on youtube it was a lot of fun and uh, we had some really good wine that night. And danny, Danny's danny got a, an eye and a nose uh, and a taste for good wine. So thank you very much for that, Danny. Anyway, they had a, an open house, a Christmas party there at their house uh, this just the other night. And Danny's brother is a Benedictine monk, uh, another good friend of mine, uh, Basil, Father Basil. So Father Basil was there. Uh, Danny's family, Christy's family. Danny and I by the way, we went to the seminary. We went to the seminary together at the same Benedictine monastery, St. Joseph Seminary College. We went to uh to the seminary together. This was a while back now, back in 95, 96, 97 somewhere around there. Yeah, 95 to 97 is when I was there. And uh so Danny, they lived not too far away from us. It's really cool cuz we're all in this uh in the same local area and we've got actually several ex-seminarians and or ex-monks or or monks in training, uh who never went on to to become, you know, permanent monks, uh, who who live right here. We've got uh I've got a friend of mine, Robert Simpson, we've got Corey Hayes, Danny Burns, um, who else? Am I forgetting anybody? Uh Luke Barwick. He was Luke was in the seminary with uh well he wasn't in with me, he came after I did, but he was in the seminary. He's also uh, he's now engaged actually. So that's really a lot of exciting things going on now. Uh, but we're all kind of right here. It's really cool. So Basil, Father Basil, was there. And in addition to it being an, an open house and a, and a sort of a Christmas party, open house kind of thing, um, uh, Father Basil blessed the home. Uh, this is a new home for uh, Danny and Christy. And they actually they bought it from some friends of ours. <laughs> it's really cool. I love this like small, small town kind of thing. It's great um bought bought it from some friends of ours who um were all good friends. We all hang out. It was really neat how it all worked out anyway, so it was more than just like an your you know open house sort of Christmas party thing. It was more than that. It was a very Catholic event. There were two priests there in attendance. It was awesome, really cool, and so it was permeated with prayer in addition to the keg that was outside and the bottles of wine that were there in the kitchen i mean it was Really nice. And, of course, Danny is an excellent foodie, excellent cook. He and his wife, Christy, both, they had a, a fried turkey. They had, uh, uh, what else did they have? They had. I know I'm getting way off topic here, but it was so good I can't help it. They had gumbo. Oh, it was just really, really good. And I guess my point, to try to get back on topic here, my point was, you know, we get into this season of Advent between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and we get so busy, whether it's Christmas parties. Uh, you know, you have Christmas parties at work. You've got Christmas parties as a result of the fact that you work with other people. You know what I mean? I mean, they, people invite you to their parties. You've got family Christmas parties. You've got all kind of stuff going on. People are so busy, and we're all concerned about buying stuff. We go shopping here and there and everywhere for gifts to give at Christmas time. It's like nonstop busyness. And yet, what is Advent all about? What is Advent all about? What are we hear in the gospel today? Goodness gracious. The gospel today, if you were at Mass today, and you should have been, by the way, if you were at Mass today and you heard that gospel talking about John the Baptist, right? This is Matthew, Gospel of Matthew, John the Baptist, and it did not, if it did not convict you, oh my goodness, where those, um, what are those things called? Those things that you, the, the paddles that you shock someone to wake them up or to, to, to bring them back to life, you know what I'm talking about. If you're in the medical profession, I can't remember what they call those things, but boom, you got to be shocked back into life because that gospel, holy smoke! I mean, you brood of vipers, John is saying, right? Talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you brood of vipers, you snakes. You know, you, you, you. Oh my goodness, it was, it was intense. And what's he talking about? What is John the Baptist talking about? He's talking about you're missing it, folks. That's what he's saying. That's basically what he's saying. You're missing it. He's talking to the the Pharisees and Sadducees. You're missing it. There's one coming. There's one coming. Prepare the way of the Lord. Going back to what Isaiah preached, right? Prepare the way of the Lord. There's somebody coming. There's something bigger than us here, folks. That's coming. And you got to be ready. And for me and for you, what does that mean? It means I know for my life, I know in my life it means don't go get busy shopping. Don't go get busy with all the parties and stuff, although I love to cook and I love parties, you know. The message to me is, be quiet. Find some silence. Slow down. Listen, because God is coming. Jesus is coming. And, of course, in Advent, we're talking not only about the liturgical celebration where we commemorate the coming of Jesus as a baby, but Advent is also a time of expectant hope and waiting for Jesus to come back as the judge of the living and the dead. We, we pray that in the Apostles' Creed. We pray it in the Nicene Creed, right? He will come again to judge the living and the dead. We believe in the second coming. He is coming. It could be today. It could be like in 10 minutes. Am I ready? Are you ready? I'm not ready. <laughs> I wish I was ready. Please, Lord, help me to be ready. Right, But he's coming, and so we commemorate that. We not only commemorate it liturgically in Christmas by thinking of Jesus coming the first time in the Incarnation as a baby, but we look forward to it. We pray for this. Come, Lord, the very last book of, of the Bible, Revelation, the very end. What is it? Maranatha, or Maranatha, or however you want to say it. Um, come, Lord Jesus, come. We pray for him to come. And then, of course, he comes to us every day in the Eucharist. He comes to us every day in the Eucharist. And so Jesus is always here. But but Advent is that time where we're called to be receptive. We're called to receive the Lord. We're called to wait for the Lord and to listen. And that's what I, I feel in particular myself is to, to that call to be quiet, to be silent, to listen for The Lord, what is he saying to me today? What does he want me to do today? That's what I need to do. That's what I'm being called to. And someone who epitomizes this listening is a a person that we're going to celebrate tomorrow, their feast day tomorrow. This is St. Nicholas, okay? St. Nicholas of Myra. St. Nicholas of Myra, who was, uh, he was actually a bishop. Can you believe that? We talk about St. Nick all the time, St. Nick, good old St. Nick, Santa Claus. Well, you know, St. Nick was a bishop, and uh, this is Myra. And let me pull this up real quick. There's a website called SaintNicholasCenter.org. stnicholascenter.org. And I highly recommend this website. Lots of information about St. Nicholas and who he is. And uh, I'm pulling this right now from this website. I encourage you to go and check it out. And uh, let the folks know who put this together over there at or saintnicholascenter.org. Let them know that you find their stuff uh, very informative and, uh, and very positive. This is great. It's really a good help, I think, too, in celebrating Advent. Who is St. Nicholas? That's the question. The true story of Santa Claus begins with... Nicholas, who was born during the 3rd century in the village of Patara, At the time, the area was Greek and is now on the southern coast of Turkey. His wealthy parents, who raised him to be a devout Christian, died in an epidemic while Nicholas was still young. Obeying Jesus' words to sell what you own and give the money to the poor, Nicholas used his whole inheritance to assist the needy, the sick, and the suffering. He dedicated his life to serving God and was made bishop of Myra while still a young man. Bishop Nicholas became known throughout the land for his generosity to those in need, his love for children, and his concern for sailors and ships. Under the Roman Emperor Diocletian, who ruthlessly persecuted Christians, Bishop Nicholas suffered for his faith, was exiled and imprisoned. The prisons were so full of bishops, priests, and deacons that there was no room for the real criminals, the murderers, the thieves, and the robbers. And after his release, Nicholas attended the Council of Nicaea, that was in 325 A.D. and He died in December, on December 6th of 343 A.D. in Myra, and was buried in his cathedral church where a unique relic called manna formed in his grave. That's pretty awesome. This liquid substance said to have healing powers fostered the growth of devotion to Nicholas and the anniversary of his death became a day of celebration, St. Nicholas Day, December 6th, uh, which we celebrate here tomorrow. So through the centuries, many stories and legends have been told of St. Nicholas' life and deeds. These accounts help us understand his extraordinary character and why he is so beloved and revered as protector and helper of those in need. And there are lots of stories here on the website stnicholascenter.org. Lots of these stories and legends they tell you here on the website. Good stuff. And you know it's it's funny because St. Nicholas is that that's who we get this image today of Santa Claus comes from St. Nicholas. And on his feast day, this big feast day, which you know if you listen to uh the break with Father Roderick or any of any of the stuff that Father Roderick does, you know he's over in in Holland. And uh, Father Roderick uh, in the Netherlands, they, it's huge, huge. St. Nicholas Day is a huge deal for them. Big celebration. Matter of fact, going back here to St. Nicholas Center, it says this, Widely celebrated in Europe, St. Nicholas Feast Day, December 6th, kept alive the stories of his goodness and generosity. In Germany and Poland, boys dressed as bishops and begged alms for the poor and sometimes for themselves. <laughs> In the Netherlands and Belgium, St. Nicholas arrived on a steamship from Spain to ride a white horse on his gift-giving rounds. December 6th is still the main day for gift-giving and merrymaking in much of Europe. For example, in the Netherlands, St. Nicholas is celebrated on the 5th, that's today, the eve of the day by sharing candies thrown in the door, chocolate initial letters, small gifts, and riddles. Dutch children leave carrots and hay in their shoes for the saint's horse, hoping St. Nicholas will exchange them for small gifts. Simple gift-giving in early Advent helps preserve a Christmas Day focus on the Christ child, which I think is very beautiful and I think very historically accurate. You know, our whole focus as Christians today, at least in Western Europe as far as I as far as I can imagine, and here in the United States, most of our focus on Christmas happens to be on the gifts that we receive, right? On Christmas morning, where the focus really should be, the celebration really should be all about Christ. It's about Jesus who comes to us to save us. Our Redeemer lives. Our Redeemer comes to us. He is here to set us free. And oftentimes I know as I grew up as a child, I missed that completely. I was focused on the Nintendo and the and the well way back when when I was a little kid, you know in television and Atari and all that fun stuff. Um, that's what I was focused on. I wasn't focused on Jesus, and so in our home today, we try to bring the reality the the fact that it's all about Jesus. We try to bring that into our family today, and so we do. We celebrate St Nicholas Day. Uh, our children will put their shoes out tonight. Uh, they get gifts at Christmas too, but this is an effort to kind of help them to uh, to see that it's not all about them, and it's not all about the gifts. It's not all about toys. It's about Jesus, and so it's about the fact that we can now be saved. Salvation has come, right? Salvation has come, and we are here. We need to receive that. So a little bit there about uh, St. Nick, good old St. Nick and about Advent as we celebrate today the second Sunday of Advent. So I think uh, that's, that's the title of this episode, just in the nick of time. Hopefully, St. <laughs> nick is just in the nick of time to help us to remember that Jesus really is the reason for the season.
0: Wow, something smells good. Those uh, goodies in there. Granny,
1: Granny Puckett, the Goody Lady. My goodness, she makes some good goodies. She's got a thing. It's like a, uh, it's like a uh, cookies, shortbread, chocolate dicing between. Very, it's good. Uh, it's very good. Also, folks, there is no Mary in the kitchen today. I'm bummed about that. I'm bummed about. But hey, that's okay. There's a good reason for it. No Mary in the kitchen today. You know why? Because Sarah had her baby. That's why Sarah had her baby. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Isn't that great? Isn't that awesome? This was on, now check this out. This was on uh, November 29th. So it's her, it was on Monday, this past Monday. It was her seventh wedding anniversary. Okay. What a wedding gift, huh? A baby. (laughs) Uh, her seventh wedding anniversary, uh, Sarah and Bob, their seventh, and they had this baby. Isn't that awesome? And so baby Joseph William has come into the world. Baby Joseph William has come into the world. Isn't that awesome? And he weighed in at seven pounds, three ounces. He was 19 inches long. And, uh, man, we just want to say congratulations to Sarah and to Bob and to the family. Just uh, thank the Lord for His goodness, and uh, and just praise God. I mean, this is awesome. Well, this is going to bring us really to the end of the show, folks. Um, today, you know, I mentioned to you already uh, Father Roderick. I mentioned his name. Uh, Father Roderick is part of SQPN. I'm sure you know about SQPN. If you don't, you can go to sqpn.com and learn a little bit more about that. But the StarQuest Production Network is all about new media, Catholics and the new media, and producing uh, producing good content, excellent Catholic content for the Internet, right, for the World Wide Web. So SQPN does lots of fantastic work, lots of shows part of SQPN. Uh, the Catholic Foodie, matter of fact, is a featured show of SQPN, uh, good stuff. And right now, when they when they get into November, they kick off their giving campaign because they make no money. It's not a money making venture. It is a nonprofit. It is it is run. All the things that they do, all the things that SQPN does, is funded from donations. And so this is the time when we ask uh, listeners of SQPN shows to contribute to donate to the fund drive. So you can go to SQPn.com to learn more about the giving campaign. And I do recommend in this time of advent, in this time of preparation, this time where we're we're waiting for the Lord, we're preparing the way for the Lord, that we give as well. And not just giving gifts to the people who uh who we can see with our own eyes, but also giving gifts to those who are trying to spread the word of Christ and get the message out to the whole world. And SQPN is one of those groups that's out there trying to spread the good news of the gospel to the whole world. And they do that through using the Internet, through using new media. So I ask that you do consider giving, contributing to SQPN in their giving campaign. You can go to sqpn.com. To feed the pig. And I say that because up there in the upper right hand corner, you're going to see a little picture of a pig, and they say that that pig is hungry. So uh, let's all help to, to feed the pig over at sqpn.com. Also, in your gift giving preparations, as you're thinking about all these folks that you want to, in your own life, that you'd like to buy a gift for for Christmas, I recommend, and I've been recommending this to everybody. Simplicitiesoflife.com Simplicitiesoflife.com Char and I got new rosaries just about a month ago and we got them from Simplicities of Life and I'm telling you, there's nothing like it. And the good thing about this kind of a gift is that not only is it um, uh, a, a beautiful physical gift, but it's a gift of prayer. It's a It's a spiritual gift too. And this is gorgeous stuff. If you have not yet seen the rosaries over at Simplicitiesoflife.com. I highly recommend you go check that out. And in addition to rosaries, they have religious jewelry too. Now, I personally don't wear, you know, earrings or anything. But you may know someone who does. You know, I do. I've got little girls and I've got my wife. Uh you you can go and, and, and check out. They've got beautiful jewelry, earrings and 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 uh uh bracelets and all kind of stuff that I know nothing about, but it's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> so, you go over and check that out, simplicitiesoflife.com. I highly recommend them. Uh, they are doing some fantastic, fantastic work. Good Catholic family doing beautiful work. And I, I, I highly recommend their stuff for the quality. And also, I love, I don't know, just go check it out, simplicitiesoflife.com. Good stuff. Also, ca- uh, Catholic Foodie Coffee. Coffee, you know, you got people in your in your family, people, in your know, friends of yours, people at work who love coffee. And, you know, hey, Catholic Foodie Coffee, freshest coffee this side of heaven, I think, uh, can't be beat. CatholicFoodie.com slash coffee. You may want to go check that out, too. Good stuff. If, if you want to order some, but you don't want it sent until, like, just before Christmas, just shoot me an email, jeff at CatholicFoodie.com dot com. Let me know that, and I'll make a note, and I won't ship it out until the week before Christmas, okay? So, uh, CatholicFoodie.com slash coffee, that's where you can order it. And uh, send me an email if you want to pick a special date or something. Uh, Jeff at CatholicFoodie.com And I think that's pretty much the end of my commercial here. So, if that's the case, I certainly hope that you have a fantastic continuation of Advent. If you haven't done it yet you may have gone to mass today but if you haven't done it yet go back and read the gospel from Matthew's gospel today the reading from Matthew, Matthew's gospel today from John the Baptist and take those words to heart not in a condemning way but in a way of say, of of hearing John the Baptist say to us prepare the way this is important somebody much greater is coming than we can even imagine Let us prepare our hearts now. Let us prepare our hearts now for the coming of Christ. This will help me and you to wait, not only uh, by listening to Christmas music and all that kind of stuff, but hopefully to wait liturgically to allow the liturgy, to allow the mass, to allow the liturgy of the hours even at divineoffice.org, to allow prayer to really form for us to to guide to mold the time that we have between now and the celebration of Christmas, to really kind of help us to celebrate this liturgically, which we are so unused to as Catholics today living in our culture, so uh do that, reread that gospel passage today from matthew and uh, and let's pray together let's join together in prayer the rest of this advent season, so I certainly hope that God continues to bless you this advent. And until next week, until next time, bon appetit.